Punching Back podcast. Unless you've been living under a rock, then you know that we had the midterm elections on Tuesday, and it did not go the way the Republicans all thought that it would. And today I wanted to respond to the results and give y'all a few reasons why I think it went the way that it did. So Republicans have been talking about the red tsunami that was going to come this election for a really long time, and needless to say, it was not a tsunami. However, we did have some wins, and before I dive into our losses, I want to give airtime to the success stories. First, we had an amazing win in the governor's races. In my home state of Texas, Greg Abbott beat out Beto O'Rourke, which comes as a huge relief um, to us Texans. Now, I'm sure we will see Beto again soon. He has run now for Senate, for president, and now governor, and has lost in all three of those races. But obviously, he has a just-keep-swimming attitude, so you've got to give him that. But Texas will be much better off without him in the governor's office, so I'm grateful for Abbott's win. In addition to Texas, Florida re-elected Ron DeSantis and made it crystal clear in the process that he is beloved throughout the entire state. And I am so thrilled for the state of Florida, and I'm eager to see what the future holds for Governor DeSantis, especially um, with talk of a presidential run on the horizon. Finally, Sarah Huckabee Sanders became the first woman governor of the state of Arkansas. And having lived in Arkansas for four years as a kid and still having family there today, this win makes me so excited for this state. Great things are in store for the state of Arkansas under her leadership, and I truly believe she's a great representation of the state and its its citizens. And we don't know yet, but I'm hoping Carrie Lake can pull it out in Arizona. That would be another great victory for Republicans, but we'll just have to wait and see how that shakes out. But outside of the governor's races, we flipped one of the border districts in Texas, which is awesome. Um, In addition, Anna Polina Luna won a tough race in Florida. She was spent, I think at one point I heard something like $12 million to one. She was outspent, um, but she won her race, um, which she uh, attributes that to um, grassroots activism. She was was out there every day. Um, Mike Lawler in New York won a very tough race as well. And we also saw J.D. Vance win his Senate seat in Ohio. That was a race that I think kind of surprised everybody that he actually took that one home. But that's fantastic news for Ohio and for the Senate. So while it wasn't a great night, there were some really good um, things that came out of it. And I don't want us to lose sight of that as everybody um, focuses on what went wrong. Um, But With that being said, everybody is asking the question, what went wrong, and why wasn't it a great night? Why was it just a good night? And I have a few thoughts and theories um, that I've kind of pondered over the last few days as as I've thought about what happened and what we saw. Um, And I think it's a combination of all of these theories. Um, So the first is that Republicans always craft their messaging and operate their campaigns with the belief that the American people think logically, rationally, and critically. 
So they see this rise in crime nationwide. They see the high inflation, the gas prices, and all of the other things that are happening. And they think that if they give all of the facts and lay out all of the problems in front of the American people, then Americans will logically reach the conclusion that it is democratic leadership that is to blame for all of it. But the problem is that the American people largely don't think rationally. That's not to say that they aren't smart. Um, They are smart, but we live in an emotionally charged society where people are taught to let their feelings guide them. Follow your heart is what they say. Well, there is a time to follow your heart, but they would have you believe, that is the left would have you believe, that that time is all the time. So majority of Americans, and this is true certainly of the younger generation, were not taught how to think critically or rationally. And it's my belief that the results of this election are proof of that. People voted on emotion. If people were voting with their minds, Fetterman wouldn't have won in Pennsylvania. Just saying. Um, Another reason I think we didn't have a tsunami is that Republicans have a long history of largely ignoring the younger generation of voters. And when they do talk to them, they talk down to them. Now, I don't say this to be harsh or because I have a chip on my shoulder. Um, I'm saying it because it's a fact. And I think a lot of the times Republicans don't realize they're doing this, but they are. Um, And I think part of the reason that they ignore the younger generation is because they've written them off as the crazy generation. And I'll give it to them. They are crazy. Um, But they're crazy because they've been taught by crazy people and no one has cared enough to counter the crazy. So this election, the younger voters showed up in droves and they voted with the party they're being taught by. Um, And you can't blame them for that. That's all they've ever known. That's all they've ever heard. They're around that every single day at school and other um, activities. So if Republicans want the younger generation's vote, they're They've got to regroup and develop a plan to reach out to that younger generation without being patronizing or condescending to them. The third factor, I think, that contributed to Tuesday night's letdown um, was candidate quality. Now, I don't think this is a primary factor, but I do think it is a contributing factor, at least in a handful of races. Um, So take Pennsylvania, for example. You have Mehmet Oz, who is a famous TV personality. He is a former cardiothoracic surgeon, a millionaire with a large real estate portfolio. I think one report said he had like 12 homes across the globe. Um, And none of that's bad. Oz worked for what he has. Good for him. But he was running for a Senate seat in Pennsylvania. Um, My dad's family is all Pennsylvanians. Um, So I feel like I have a pretty good idea of what Pennsylvanians are like, and they're hardworking, blue-collar people. Um, So you have a guy like Oz who does not represent the average Pennsylvanian. He's not relatable, and he's kind of unapproachable. And when you have people that are voting with their hearts, they don't vote for Oz because they couldn't develop a personal connection with him. They couldn't relate to him. So I think that's just one example of poor candidate quality. I think candidate quality may also have been a factor in Georgia between Herschel Walker and Raphael Warnock, Um, but I think we'll be able to tell more about that race after the runoff in early December. But those are just a few examples of where I think candidate quality definitely impacted the results. 
finally, I don't think Trump's decision to tell everyone a few days before the election that he is going to make a big announcement the next week um, was very smart. I think everyone knew what announcement he was talking about. So in a way, his announcement about his announcement was him announcing his presidential run in 2024. And if you're a middle-of-the-road voter, then it's most likely that you don't like Trump. And the thought of him running in 2024 motivated you to vote against him in Tuesday's election. Um, furthermore, I think Trump's derogatory comments toward Ron DeSantis didn't help the situation either. Um, and I say that not really having an axe to grind with Trump, but I think that's just true. It was it was not a smart decision on his part. Um, so, so all in all, I think Republicans got a little too confident this election cycle, and their confidence blinded them to some of the factors that I just outlined. Um, now, on the bright side, I think Tuesday night made Republicans realize that their methods are off. So I hope and, and am encouraged um, that some things will change in the coming days and certainly um, as, as we approach and get kind of um, geared up for the presidential election in 2024. is it for us today. Thank y'all for listening to this episode of the Punching Back podcast. To stay up to date on all that is coming, be sure to follow me on social media and subscribe wherever you get your podcast so you never miss an episode. I'll see you here next Friday, but until then, always remember to punch back.